Это выпуск подкаста на английском. Выпуски на русском языке можно найти на нашем сайте. This episode of the podcast is in English. For episodes in Russian, please visit our website. You are listening to Sex Positivity with Fivesafe, the podcast where we talk about all aspects of sexuality, youth involvement, and taking down the patriarchy. Hi, this is Thea Caroline, and I'm here with another Wisefer, Natalia. Hi, um, today we would like to talk about different representations of sex in popular culture. Uh, note that we are using explicit language in this episode to, es- to express and raise awareness about film history. And that there's nothing wrong with liking sex or watching movies, which include sexual scenes. However, uh, we hope that this episode makes you, our listeners, a little aware of, um, of positive representations of sex and that we need to be critical when watching movies to understand all that goes with it. Whether it's struggles or pleasures. Yes, exactly. Um, and we hope you all enjoy our little ensemble of movies that we have picked out to talk about. Yes, so this is a very interesting topic to explore because what exactly is sex represented in popular culture? For those of you who don't know what popular culture is, simply put, it is a way of representa- representing the taste of ordinary people rather than the elite. Popular culture is the set of practices, beliefs, and objects that embody the most broadly shared meanings of a social system. It includes media objects, entertainment and leisure, fashion and trends, a linguistic uh, and linguistic conventions, among other things. Popular culture is usually associated with either mass culture or folk culture, and differentiated from high culture and various institutional cultures like political, educational, legal culture, etc. Yes, so however, in this episode, we're going to focus on European movies versus American movies and the representation of sex and hints of sexuality throughout history. We have picked out different movies from different time eras which are relevant in understanding the history of how sex, sexuality and bodies have been and are portrayed in movies today. We hope this episode gives you a general understanding why it is important to view movies with a critical eye as well as look for positive sexual representations. This is, after all, also a tool in understanding ourselves and others, although many times it represents fantasies or fiction. By examining the history of sex in film, We also want to highlight that sexual expression was not invented yesterday, but rather has been a part of movie making from the beginning of time. Yes, so let's talk a little bit about how European movies have displayed sex and sexuality. Yes. So first we would like to mention a fierce woman, Alice Ida Antoinette Guy Blanche. She was a French pioneer filmmaker who displayed sexual tension quite freely especially in regards to women. From, ni- from 1869 to 1906, she was probably the only filmmaker, female filmmaker, excuse me, in the world. And for those of you who thought that filmmaking was invented in Hollywood, we can say, no, it wasn't. It mostly started in Europe because 
But because of the First World War and many fleeing to the United States, that's when filmmaking truly switched to its today main location of filmmaking, Hollywood. The movie we would like to look at is the short film, The Consequences of Feminism from 1906. Now, Natalia, tell us a little bit about the plot of this movie, please. With pleasure. Uh, so what happens is that we first meet many strong women characters who like picking up guys and whenever they kiss them, the men are actually the ones who are hesitant uh, and act distantly. The guys are displayed sewing and ironing for the women and the men's behavior and body language is very flamboyant and sweet. There is also a scene when one man kisses another man on the forehead, which could be a part of the French culture at the time. But compared to American movies, we do not see men displaying affection toward other men until much, much later in Hollywood history. Yes, now here comes a bit of the twist in the movie and puts the title of the movie into display, Consequences of Feminism. So very funnily, the men start turning on the women because a woman hits the father of her child and the men and the man hits her back. Now, all the men are first appalled by this. However, he explains the situation and the men actually agree with him. So now they start wanting to do less housework and demand their local bar back. So they kick the women out and celebrate their victory. So in this comedy, we see many things related to sex, but most prominently is the display of how it would be in the, uh, if the traditional gender roles were reversed which is followed by an uprising at the end and the demand for more. Now, if everybody had seen this movie at the time, maybe people or more people would have understood the women's rights movement and further battle of the sexes in the hundred years to come. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, who knows, Tia? Um, now we jump into a different setting. Let's look a little bit about how American pop culture has represented sex in movies throughout the history of making movies. There is a movie that comes to mind, uh, namely D.W. Griffith's Civil War epic, The Birth of a Nation. We want to discuss this and share this with you guys because of its tremendous horrific consequences for American society in the following years of the movie, after its release in 1915. Yes, this three-hour-long display of rivalry, Ku Klux Klan, and the resistance of the Southern African-American men displays a scene related to sex as well. However, in a very negative way as a rape. Yeah, um, a black character is played by a white actor in blackface, which is the terminology for a racist practice where a white person paints their face black to pretend to be a black person. He chases a white girl uh, to the top of a cliff and tells her, I won't hurt you. And she tells him, I will jump if you come closer. And then she falls off the cliff. And as this is seen by a white man and him perceiving this incident as a threat and an attempt to rape her, the black character, and let's remember again, he's portrayed by a man in blackface, is eventually lynched and killed. I will not go into the details of what lynching is because of its horrific way of killing someone and displaying it publicly. Let's, however, dissect what happens in regards to the rape here. 
Yes, so because this is a sex-positive focused episode, we also wanted to discuss the negative images of sex represented in film history. So what happened in regards to sex here is that it is displayed as an attempted rape and thus presenting the black man, again, we cannot stress this point enough, a white man in blackface. Um, the movie wanted to portray black men as sexually violent and animalistic, and the white woman as an innocent, beautiful, helpless, op- helpless object of desire black men can't resist. The film thereby, uh, thereby portrays all black men's sexuality as uncontrollable. This movie has therefore had numerous horrible consequences, as you mentioned, Thea, um, and is worth mentioning in both regards to systematic racism, which still exists today, and in regards to how sex is represented in movie history. Still, today, the racist cliche that black men are uncontrollably sexual and more likely to be sexually violent is one of the many excuses white supremacy uses for brutalizing black men, especially young ones, but we know this is not true. Yes, and here might actually be a good point to mention that there's a movie that shows how this is exercised in real life today. Yes, uh, so the Netflix miniseries, When They See Us, um, which I absolutely love, uh, is a contemporary dramatization of the real-life case of a group of young boys, or... um, most popularly known as the Central Park Five, um, boys of color who were falsely accused of raping a white woman in Central Park with terrible, terrible consequences. Yeah, so undoubtedly film cliches like the blackface and white girls as victims have influenced viewers and movie making throughout history. And racist movies are part of the mechanism of how white supremacy still maintains itself. There are other movies, however, which display women in a different setting, like Mm -hmm. the director Lois Weber does in the movie Hypocrites, also from 1915. She may be the most important and prolific of all American women directors of the silent era. Can you please tell us a little bit about this movie, Thea? Yeah, gladly. So Hypocrites was considered a shocking and controversial film that was held up for many months because of its display of full nudity. The female character and her naked body is portrayed as a female ghostly figure of the naked truth, which represents the hypocritical desires for money, sex, and power over various vignettes. So regarding politics, society, and the family. Exactly. So in this movie, the female body displays a very different value, more such a forbidden fruit and something that leads to trouble, like moral corruption, and not a helpless victim who needs to be protected. Yes, and maybe we can look at this specifically as a reflection of the director, American man versus American woman, and how they had different ideas of females. However, both films um, portray women as something men are tempted by. Yes, maybe. If we fast forward a little bit, we come across the area of the Hayes Code, which censored many movies from 1934 until the late 1960s in America. The representation of sex and sexuality during this time became a big no-no for movie makers, which wanted to show their movies in public movie theaters. However, if we look over to Europe, we find, for example, Ecstasy from 1933, directed by Gustav 
Machatachi. Machatachi? <laughs> I'm sorry, this is a hard name. Uh, Gustav. Uh, it was recognized as the first movie showing a female orgasm in mainstream narrative film. Wow. Uh-huh. Yes, I mean, we can never see more than a bit of her leg, her face, her arm, and how her pearls are ripped off her chest. But the presentation of it is so sensual and displayed as enjoyable that one can only imagine how good it feels for her. <laughs> wow, that is so cool. Um... So the Hays Code did not influence European filmmaking that much, I assume. Um, however, because of it, maybe we should fast forward a bit when it is abolished. Yes, I mean, there are for sure movies which carefully displayed sexual tension or affection in the years of the Hays Code. But I think it will be a lot more fun to look at movies which do not have to follow the Hays Code. Yeah, let's. Um, how about if we arrive in the 60s? What do we have here? Well, in Europe, we have found a Swedish movie called Persona from 1966, directed by Ingmar Bergman. It displays many different images. However, the main story follows a nurse and a young verbally disabled woman. During the movie, they become closer and merge into each other as neither is just one persona. They are different facets of one persona. One scene that is worth mentioning is when the nurse talks about an orgy she had, which she talks about in detail and very much enjoyed at the time. However, also feels very shameful because she cheated on her husband only meters away from her summer house. Oh my god. The relationship as the movie progresses develops into something more, and we can see subtle hints of affection towards each other like stroking each other's bodies, hair, and faces. So here we meet a different setting of sex represented in popular culture, which, yes, it was the hippie times, and orgy was a well-known term at the time, but the movie has a very explicit language of that orgy, which is funny and, uh, if I may say so, quite arousing. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so let's see, Natalia, what else do we have from this area in Europe? Um, well, we have an English movie called Naked as Nature Intended. Yes, uh, from 1961, directed by Harrison Marks, uh, which is a narrated documentary film which successfully challenged the previous limitations on First Amendment, uh, Amendment protection for films. It shows nudity in a very non-sexual way, but it can still be seen as quite arousing, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, the movie focuses on women who are on vacation, when, where they frequently bath, completely nude, and you can see female genitalia throughout the whole movie. Wow. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, they say things like, cast away our previous beliefs about nudists and just embrace bathing nude as they are on a deserted beach completely alone and it feels so natural and nice to bathe without bathing suits. Um, later in the movie, we also see naked uh, families and male genitalia, which therefore makes this a nude body-focused film. However, it is not related to sexual tension but it just displays the beauty of nakedness. Wow, isn't that great? The feeling of being that free. I mean, it really does seem like it. And nudity <laughs> like this should, you know, of course, happen within a consenting and safe environment. 
which the movie displays very, very nicely. Yes, I agree. So if we look overseas to American movies made in the 60s, what do we have there, Thea? Well, let's see. What do we have here? Oh, yes. Well, we have, for example, Psycho, a movie made in 1960, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. So to keep in mind, this is still within the Hayes Code era. Although this is a psychological thriller and fits in the genre of horror, it displays female nudity as well. However, very, very cleverly disguised as the hotel manager looks through peepholes and surprises a woman completely naked in the shower. Ooh, so you never fully see her nakedness, but you see that it focuses on that. Yes, yes. So this way of spying on the woman can be seen as quite creepy and uh, shows how different settings, yeah, right? Shows how different settings truly set the stage for viewing bodies, especially the female physique, as sexual or intimidating even. Um, Yeah, maybe here is a good time to talk about the different ways sexuality and sexual tension have been displayed. Yes, so we have mentioned earlier, for example, the helpless and vulnerable woman, but we also have films which do display their sexuality as either evil, tempting, or shameful. Yes, and up up until this point in movie history, there are a few examples where women actually display a normal desire for sexual pleasure or lust. Mm -hmm. And men are often displayed as either dominant or controlling, or the tempted and weak for a woman's desire. So, movie history is very much influenced or portrays mostly tra- traditional gender roles, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what about homosexuality or lesbianism? Um, there are quite a few movies from the beginning of movie making where um, we can see hints of homosexuality or lesbian love through how the characters are played. You know, a stereotypical gay man, for example, or through the close friendships or even servant relationships the characters have to each other. However, a quick Google search will show you that because it was not legal at the time to be a part of the LGBTQ plus community, movies made before the 60s do not particularly emphasize that it was in fact a love story between two men or two women, for example. But what about the other letters of the LGBTQI plus rainbow? Yes. Well, I heard through the grapevine there was a movie uh, called Women in Love, a British film from 1969. Ooh, 69, guys. Directed by Ken Russell. It displays a moment of bisexuality, guys. Yes, that's a very fun example. Because we see a full frontal nude male wrestling scene, um, which ends in one man asking for a deeper connection and friendship with the other man. However, he's turned down as he does not seem to want that with him. Aww. Yeah, aww, right? Yeah, so that wrestling scene takes place in a fireplace lit living room. It is very sensual and hot. And, you know, however, when he asks the question, the other man gets up quickly and opens the curtains so the bright light comes in and the setting is no longer sexy or sensual. Ugh. 
Um, so what about crossing traditional gender roles? Do we have any movies where women dress as men and men dress as women? Do you have any examples of that, Fia? Well, yeah, even though cross-dressing isn't the most featured segment in movies, there are numerous movies which showed women wearing pants or even suits, like the movie Morocco from 1930, directed by Joseph von Sternberg, where Marlene Dietrich kisses another woman wearing a suit that arguably makes her quite dominant and powerful and can be seen as somewhat traditional masculinities displayed by a woman. Ooh. Um, however, the Hayes Code put a lot of restriction upon sex and sexuality in the time following. Yes. So, let's look at some movies from when we were little. We have an example like um, Mrs. Doubtfire from 1993, directed by Chris Columbus. And Big Mama's House from 2000, directed by Raja Gosnell. Mm, Raja Gosnell, what a name where men dress as women. And in She's the Man from 2006, directed by Andy Pickman, we find a girl dressing as a young adult man. Another example where the character is not dressing up as the opposite sex because of the plot is, for example, Hairspray from 2007, directed by Adam Shankman. So here, John Travolta, which you know, in real life and in many of his movies can be seen as quite a traditional masculine man. Here he portrays uh, and plays a mother. Of course, this is different from the other movies you mentioned because he is not a man playing a woman in the film. He is just a woman in this movie. So in the other movies, like She's the Man, she is portraying a man because she wants to play soccer in a soccer team and disguises herself as her brother to do so. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Now, a man playing a woman raises some questions as to why would you not have an actual woman play a woman? So even though these movies are not particularly close related to the theme sex represented, in popular culture, it is worth mentioning because of the variety actors can bring to the table and the awareness of casting actors, which in real life are part of the LGBTQI plus community. Yes, there have been some serious critical adjust, uh, adjustments to that because of the importance of genuine representation, especially because for a long time, even after the recognition of LGBTQI plus people, they rarely played the main character in American films. Yes, but do we have any examples when the main characters are homosexual, for example? Yes, so here we have, for example, The Boys in the Band from 1970, which is about gay men having a party and accidentally inviting a heterosexual to celebrate another character's birthday with them. And it gets a little complicated. Um, and so this movie is widely recognized as a historical milestone in queer cinema and a little fun fact for you guys listening it is also credited with being the first mainstream american film which used the swear word cunt um, which is a very bad word in america um, but not anywhere else in the world i think um so this movie (laughs) has also been redirected and is now available on Netflix. Boys in the Band from 2020, directed by Joe Mantello. So another big movie in regards to homosexuality we have to mention 
is Brokeback Mountain from 2005, directed by Ang Lee, which follows two male characters falling in love, although having wives and kids at home. Um, Ooh. <laughs> very, very controversial, I know. Very. <laughs> so the two cowboys meet, meet each other and share a special relationship ever after. Although it won many awards for various categories of acting, writing, and directing, it has also received a lot of heat for not casting two homosexual or bisexual men as lead roles. Oh yeah, so so just for a fun fact, listeners, how many gay, lesbian, trans, or bisexual actors can you name off the top of your head? Go! Uh, uh, how many were you able to come up with? I bet it was not as many as straight actors, right? So we need to recognize that there still is a problem with representation, especially damaging to one community in the LGBTQI+, is when male actors play trans women or female actors play trans men. Yes, because take the movie Danish Girl, for example. Directed by Tom Cooper, released in 2015. Although Eddie Redmayne is a great actor, by playing a character who wants to be a woman, the movie thereby reinforces the damaging belief that trans women are actually men. Exactly. And here might be a good time to mention that we have another episode, which is called What Sex Positivity Means to Young Transgender People. And the take from this episode is really about understanding yourself and that your body is a transgender does not need to comply with transitioning to a cis body, a male who identifies as a male, but rather learning that your body is valid no matter what gender you are. Yes, so if you haven't heard it already, please have a listen. Um, and, and if it's not out, please keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for it. <laughs> yes, look for it. <laughs> uh, yes, now that we have somewhat arrived in the early 2000s and upwards, let's look at how sex is represented in movies both of us and many of our listeners have seen while still in the theaters. We can definitely find sex, sexual attention, different genders and genitalia more displayed frequently so it becomes more and more acceptable to show sex, although I think it's important to mention that there is still more female genitalia, and especially breasts, that are shown compared to trans or male bodies. This does in some way raise the question, is it more wanted or more distributed? So do we, as the consumers of films, want to see female bodies more, or is why or why especially are big breasts shown more frequently? Do you have an answer? That <laughs> I mean, that is a very good question, and I personally don't have an answer. Um, but maybe this is a good time to highlight that movies often over-sexualize bodies of all kinds. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, let's look at some examples of that. Yeah. So. An American movie example um, includes Transformers from 2007, directed by Michael Bay. Here, Megan Fox's body is rarely displayed wearing anything more than a miniskirt and a crop top. Now, there's nothing wrong with what she is wearing. However, because of how the body is viewed and talked about in the movie, her body becomes very sexualized 
and at this point the Transformer movie series, she does not play an adult woman, but rather a high school girl. And I think yeah. it's a good point to mention here that Megan Fox uh, has often expressed her dislike of how her and her body were portrayed in these movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can understand, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, not to sound hypocritical, but when the actors are adults and play an adult, it becomes something else. I mean... Their body may be sexualized to focus on the specific of the character they play, for example. Like, the guys in Magic Mike from 2012, directed by Steven Sonderberg. This movie is about how male strippers make their money, and therefore they need to show how guys are sexualized, even though overly sexualized bodies do not represent the reality at all. Yeah. Um, but are there movies in Europe which overly sexualize bodies, Pia? Well, yes. I mean, for example, the movie 365 Days, a Polish-Italian movie from 2020, uh, directed by Barbara Bialowas. Bialowas? <laughs> Again, a hard, a hard name, a hard sort of, yes. <laughs> uh, so, spoiler alert, um, this movie includes many many sex scenes in a rather unwanted relationship between a kidnapper and a kidnappee. The girl which is kidnapped does then eventually fall in love with her kidnapper. I will not go into detail, but in regards to sex represented in this movie, there are sexualized bodies all over in a very unsettling relationship for between mm-hmm. the two characters, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, who can underst- or who can resist the are you lost, baby girl? Baby <laughs> oh <my> girl. <laughs> I had to mention it. Uh, so yes, there are of course European movies um, that also come to mind, which display sex and relationship in more quirky and maybe more realistic ways, like Desire, a French movie from 2011. And um, in Europe, it is, however, known as Cute, directed by Laurent. Buinik, Buinik. Again, hard surname, Lawrence. The bodies are to some extent less sexualized and portrayed more naturally, as well as the film Bird Hearts from 2015, directed by Halfdan Ulmar Tundel, a Norwegian filmmaker, which shows a more reality-based approach to sex with its embarrassing moments and different body types. Um, further, we can also see multiple different relationships emerging through sex. Uh, like in the American movie Two Night Stand from 2014, directed by Mark- Max Nichols. No Strings Attached from 2011, by, uh, directed by uh, Ivan Reitman. Where the relationship forms after the characters have uh, sex. And I'm sure there's many, many more. Um, what do we have on mm-hmm. the European scene here? Um, well, yes, I mean, there comes to mind a Norwegian comedy called Swingers, for example, from 2019, directed by Stig Ulbe Henriksen and Andreis Eriks, Eriks, <laughs> sorry, Eriks, uh, great, great last days here, wow, um, yeah, here there are multiple couples which would like to explore having sexual relations with other couples. 
So there's definitely an emerging of different relationships through sex. And now that we have taken you guys through a selection of movies from different time eras, produced by different countries and different directors, which have displayed various sexual scenarios connected to hints and actual sex, we have talked about gender and representation, about why it's important to view movies with a critical eye, to understand what is fiction and what is more accurate to real-life representation, Yes, that sex represented in popular culture, such as movies, has been part of movie making from the beginning of movie making. The idea that the past is less sexy is simply not true. However, the Hays Code, as we mentioned, which censored many movies uh, from 1934 to 1968, has impacted how movies were made. Yes, and further, movies can also have serious impact in our society and how we might view others. Let's not be too quick to judge someone or something just because we once saw it in a movie, hmm? shall we? Yes, so listeners, please apply your critical glasses when watching movies, even if they are funny or give you a sense of understanding yourself. Yes, and as many of our YSAID community... Uh, our sex educators, maybe this episode has alluded you to some things which you can apply in your sex ed classes. Because movies are a big part of how we see and learn things. And, um, well, many movies portray non-realistic scenarios. Mm-hmm. So how about, uh, as we're finishing this, we can maybe mention something more about other popular culture and sex. Yes, so as mentioned in the beginning, we wanted to bring you guys a little bit of movie history and the representation of sex in both European movies and American movies. However, sex is displayed in many other forms of popular culture. Like comedy, for example. Many comedians use their own life experiences or draw upon stereotypes to make people laugh. And like magazines used to say, sex sells. So, personally, I think the funniest comedians are those who talk about real-life stuff, which includes awkwardness or just, you know, funny things happening in regards to sex. Yes, I agree. But then, music is another big contributor to how we perceive sex or how love can be complicated and hurtful sometimes. Numerous songs have, you know, also quite damaging lyrics about especially women and their bodies. So. An important part of this episode is therefore to be critical in what popular culture delivers us. And um, to look behind the scenes, are people paid right? What are the lyrics saying? And are the writers giving credit to? Are, are we, the consumers, asked to pay a fair price for it? Um, is there a censorship involved? And if so, why? So when watching movies or listening to songs, ask uh, ask yourselves what lies behind it. So if you would like to research a little bit about sex represented in movies or want to know how to put a critical lens on popular culture, we will post some tips on our website where you can learn more about these things. Yes, or if you would like to listen to other episodes of our podcast, please visit our webpage, YSAFE. We hope you have had as much fun listening as we've had making the episode for you guys. Yes, thank you guys for listening. 
We hope we gave you some movie inspiration and giggles. Um, I know, I know we've had some giggles. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening and take care. Bye.